Hi again, and welcome to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I am your host, Chris Levine. Thanks for listening. Uh, You may want to grab a jacket before listening to this one because it might just get a little cold in here this time. See, we're going to talk about mood freezing. And what is this mood freezing thing we speak of? Well, let's jump right into it. So here's what happened. Here's the short version. In 1984, an experiment was set up where test subjects were purposefully irritated. I'm not sure how they made these people mad, but they did. Then what they did is they gave them each a pill referred to as a mood-freezing pill. After the subjects took it, it was amazing. All of the subjects collectively calmed down, and many of them said they felt much, much better. Well, here's the fun part. The pill wasn't made up of any medicine at all. It was what's called a dummy pill. It was just a placebo pill. The pill did nothing. It didn't do absolutely anything. But psychologically, Because the people took it and were told that it would do something and that it would help, they felt better. So if the pill itself didn't do anything, what happened? That's what we're going to be talking about today on our podcast. Our own capabilities to control ourselves and to make up our minds as to what we do and what we say. And also the concept of how we can be influenced. So can we then choose our mood or our overall persona on a given day? I think to a point that we can and to a point we can't. Uh, There was a comedy movie called Love Crazy, for example. It was released in 1941. It was a screwball comedy where the lead character is told that his divorce can be delayed if one of the parties is pronounced insane. Well, he wants his divorce to be delayed. So he acts really crazy. He acts super quirky. Everything from saying inappropriate things at inappropriate times to the point of even pushing his mother-in-law into a swimming pool. It works. He gets the divorce judge to agree to a 30-day delay to have him examined. The end result, he realizes, you know, I think I may have taken this a little too far. He tries to convince the doctors that he is sane, but too little too late, he's convinced them instead that he's crazy, and he gets committed to a sanitarium. The end. (laughs) So let's think about this. The character had a crazy idea, but he was not crazy. He controlled his behavior to appear that he was, but he wasn't. So here's my question. Is it then possible for us to do that when it comes to controlling things like our anger 
But one thing the mood freezing experiment did was show that consciously or not, those that were in that study group, they fixed their own problem. They helped themselves cool down when it came to their own anger problem. They didn't know that they did, but they did. So here's the question. Can we? When we're in the thick of anger or sadness, it may seem unrealistic to think that we can totally control how we feel. You know what? I, I agree with that. But can we minimize a potential outburst or intensity? I think to some degree we can, especially when we're told that we have some kind of help. See, the pill in the experiment was just simply tangible, swallowable support. It was essentially Dumbo's feather. And that led to the thought that the person wasn't dealing with the issue by themselves. They weren't alone. And this resulted in the mood freezing that took place. Think of it this way. Imagine if someone provoked you, for example, and a friend stopped you from your instant retaliation, saying things like, hey, 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 you're better, you're better than this. Don't waste your time on this. They put their arm around you. They walk you away from the situation. This instantly would help to some degree to calm you down. Well, there's your pill. See, however you slice it, it simply means that you are convinced that you are not alone. You are not in you're not on your own in handling the situation. The problem is, often we're told that that's not necessarily a good thing. We're, we're supposed to just let everything out, keep nothing inside. It's bad for you. But I'm thinking there has to be a middle ground between letting something reasonably out of our system versus our becoming Bill Bixby turning into Lou Ferrigno. It's interesting, too. Often, people also sometimes blame this directly on their culture or on their upbringing. Like, like in my case, I have a lot of Italian blood in me, and it's easy to fall into the whole, well, you know us Italians, we're a passionate people. We can't help it. But it's true that there may be things that would contribute to triggers that we have in our lives, but think about it this way. How do we act, regardless of our culture, say, in a job interview, most of us stay as professional as possible the entire time. Most of us will put away slang and have a temperament showing whatever we feel is needed to get the job. Even if we don't like the interviewer, we'll do it because we want the job. This tells me that we're capable of doing that at other times too. Now, there are benefits to our staying balanced. I found a website called successgroove.com, and it notes some of these benefits, four specific pluses to staying balanced. Number one, staying balanced protects your relationships. Blowing off steam can inadvertently distance you from your loved ones. Uh, respectful discussions instead smooth the way for staying connected and for greater cooperation. 
Benefit number two to staying balanced. It helps to clarify your thinking. Anger doesn't do that. Anger clouds our minds. It's easier to be logical when we're calm. Number three, staying balanced helps us to avoid regrets. I love the verbiage that was used on the website. It says, once you use your uppercase voice, I like that, it's hard to take it back. Speaking gently spares you from having to make a lot of repairs later. And number four, balance is the key if we want more happiness. Anger may sometimes feel exciting. However, in the long term, abandoning aggression to the, to, to the biggest degree possible is going to make us happier. It's going to make us at very least more content. If we repress everything, that's not good. And if we say everything out loud, that isn't always good either and will more than likely have repercussions. Guys, our minds are so complicated. For example, I forget where places are that I've been to many times. I could I could be driving to the same place I've driven to 30 times and I still will more than likely need a map or a GPS to help me get there. But my same mind, this very same brain, can remember, I know cool, and cool's teaming up with a good balanced breakfast. Teaming up with Mr. T cereal, the team that knows how cool that breakfast can be. It's a crispy corn taste with a touch of brown sugar. Teaming up with Mr. T, it's cool. That I can remember. My wife's social security number, no chance. But something obscure, a Mr. T cereal commercial, which coincidentally was from the same year as the mood freezing experiment, 1984, this will never leave my brain. Side note, I love in that commercial how Mr. T says, it's cool, in the same voice that people usually leave their name <laughs> on a voicemail, like, you have reached 977-392-ABCD. Please leave your message for It's Cool. Did, did he even know this was going to be used for a serial commercial when he recorded it? What were we talking? Okay, anyway, we, we retain what we retain. We think what we think. So this complex thing, the mind, makes mood freezing extra interesting. We remember different things. We're, we're affected by different things. It, it's not across the board. In other words, while we are all made of the same stuff, most of the time our Happy Meals all come with different toys in them. This means that it might be 10 times harder for you to keep your composure than it is for me. So it's not my place to judge you because ultimately I have no idea what brought you to that point and your personal experience. I don't necessarily have to like it, but I shouldn't judge it. Uh, may maybe we can wrap this up like this. Why don't we all just focus on each other? Let's be the mood freezing pill for one another. Let's be there to calm each other. Let's be there to reassure each other. You know, that literal pill did absolutely nothing 
All that it did was trick people into believing that they had help. We actually can be of help. We can do more than that. We can actually be understanding. We can be patient with people. We can love people. We have shoulders and arms that we can share with people. Put it like this. We may not be able to totally freeze someone else's experience or circumstance, but we can definitely make it a little warmer. So guess what? We have arrived at the time on Refresher when we give you the gift of music. We have for you this time around a mood-freezing playlist. Putting it together, man, this one really stuck on topic. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash Mood Freezing. That's all you got to do. So, so what do we have for you this time? Well, I'll present to you at this time your Mood Freezing playlist. Song number one, Don't Change by In Excess. Uh, kind of a little side point. I had the opportunity to interview their drummer, John Ferris, a few years ago. Real nice guy. We actually spent as much time talking about being new fathers at the time uh, as we did about music. Anyway, Don't Change by In Excess. Number two, I'll Be You by The Replacements. You be me for a while and I'll be you. Number three, Time Will Be Your Doctor by Tucky Buzzard. I love finding these classic rock deep cuts. This one's a keeper, and thematically it's on point. Time Will Be Your Doctor by Tucky Buzzard. T-U-C-K-Y and buzzard like the bird. Number four, When Problems Arise by Fishbone. Number five, Things Can Only Get Better by Howard Jones. Number six, Girl, You Have No Faith in Medicine by The White Stripes. Number seven, I Feel Nothing by The Boo Radleys. Number eight, Promised You a Miracle by Simple Minds. Number nine, Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd. And at the number 10 spot, closing it out, is The Drugs Don't Work by The Verve. That's the name of the song, The Drugs Don't Work. Initially, it seems like most people laugh at the title of this song because its title sounds like recreational drug use or whatever, or it's not, it's not working on the person that's singing. But, but it basically is a song I perceive to mean that the drugs someone is taking to get physically or psychologically better aren't working, and it's showing the effect that this has on someone else. From that take, it's not only spot on, but quite deep. It's a beautiful song. Again, you can find this really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash Mood Freezing. Sometimes these are hard to make, but this one just fell right into place. It flows really beautifully, and I hope you enjoy it. So thanks for turning it, tuning in to Gregre, tuning in to another episode of Refresher. Uh, before we close, I have to tell you about the Managing Expectations podcast. 
Um, I had the pleasure of being on it about two weeks ago. So go check it out on Spotify. Uh, Jeff and Brian are great. They really, really work well together, and they tackle all kinds of pop culture things. Again, they are the Managing Expectations podcast. Big recommendation. Also, there is the 7208 podcast on Spotify, too. Sometimes I get the question, what does 7208 mean? Well, I was born in 1972. My son Harrison was born in 2008. And so it's our multi-general pop cultural take, and it's blended to perfection. So if you want to hear me and you want to hear the Cat Gomez, check out the 7208 podcast on Spotify. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by John Villafuerte. Until then, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care. Do yourself a favor, and remember, there's a big difference between worry and concern. See you next time. <laughs>